Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a joy to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Brent Bullard, our lead pastor, is here. And we're joined by Pedro Flores. That's right. Good morning, thanks for, everyone. Thanks for being here. Um, Brent, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a whirlwind, of course, with the students coming back. And uh, we've got small groups, got a lot of stuff firing up. I think all of our ministries are getting rolling. I know our uh, we'll have our women's studies will be kicking off as well in September. Uh, the FFE ministry will be going, of course. And that's, if you don't know about that ministry and you are uh, in that appropriate area, which means you're a lady outside of college and uh, leading all the way up to, uh, well, as old as a person can be. Yeah, be uh, careful. They, they, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so Kim does a great job matching up people uh, below 40 with those above 40. Uh, it matches them up to uh, to be able to enjoy a meal together once a month and pray for each other, just encourage mm-hmm. each other, have a yeah. sweet time together. Uh, so that's in addition to uh, small groups, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, uh, you know, everything else imaginable getting going. So the September is a cool uh, late August into September is a busy time. And I know it's a busy time for you, Pedro. So this is a time to be able to uh, to give our, I think a lot of our church members know you. How many, what percent of our people do you think you know? I would say I'm probably familiar with, I think it's probably fair to say 75%, maybe, maybe wow. a little less. I don't it's know. more than me. Yeah. So why don't you share with us, uh, share with us uh, <laughs> well, when you came to Christ and uh, how long you've been at Grace Bible. And mm-hmm. uh, you, of course, are our ministry resident. We've had for the last three years a ministry resident every year. This is somebody that's outside of college. Um, they, they they likely have served as, a, as an intern, uh, but it's somebody that senses a vocational call to ministry. So it's an opportunity to get a little bit more ministry leadership experience, cover uh, shadow different areas as well. Uh, rather than focus on one different area like our like our interns do. Hmm. Uh, so would you share with us how you came to Christ and uh, and then how you ended up coming to Grace Bible Church? Yes. Um, so I came to Christ when I was in high school, um, following my junior year of high school. And prior to then, my family and my home life was kind of surrounded around Christianity. We grew up kind of going to church. Um, and my parents definitely, that was just a regular rhythm, just going to church. Um, but aside from that, I had no knowledge of who Christ was, what it meant to follow Christ, and what he did or why he did it. Um, I just knew that there was just a morale factor that, you know, I should be a good person and church is a very good thing. And so that's as much as I knew up till I got to high school. Um, but if you would have asked me anything about Christ or what he did, why he did it or what that meant for me or how does that affect my life, I would have had no answer. I just knew that God was God and I believed in him. So it wasn't until I had moved in the middle of high school um, to a new city in Pearland, just south of Houston, and we had gone to a new church. And it was at that church that I got plugged into the youth ministry. And I remember it being, there was like a summer welcome back event that I had went to. um, And I was brand new. I didn't know anybody in the new town, new school, new everything. So it was pretty nerve wracking. Um, but that was kind of just a segue for me to just really get involved in a church. Um, and then just, just through that youth ministry and through the youth leaders and the youth pastor there, um, I really heard the gospel, really, I believe, for the first time. So all through my junior year, it was really a whole year of me really hearing the gospel, seeing it play out in other people's lives. But even still, even though I was growing in a knowledge of the gospel, um, I still had not seen the weight of my sin and my need to repent. Um, and it wasn't towards till the end of my junior year that 
I mean, God in his mercy revealed it to me. Um, just being in a group setting with some guys and the youth pastor, we had just read through um, a portion of scripture and prayed together. And it was after that, it kind of weighed on me that I was still clinging to my sins. I hadn't repented of them. I recognized the weight of my sin and the cross and the need to repent. Um, and then I recognized there is so much more to Christ than what I knew um, and to Christianity and to faith and knew it was something that I could, I mean, pursue myself um, by the Lord's grace. Um, and so the way that kind of led me to Grace Bible Church is I remember my youth pastor, um, it was after our senior year, after the youth camp, they kind of got the seniors together and it just said that, you know, when you go to college, the biggest thing is to find a church, church home, get plugged in immediately. That first Sunday, go somewhere, get committed, um, and just just essentially invest yourself. And so I took that to heart. I spent a lot of time prior to college just in prayer, just praying for a church home, church family, um, and just asking the Lord for guidance because I knew college was going to be, I guess, a beast. And one of the things he said was, college will eat you alive. And once I got here, I very quickly realized that. And so I heard of grace when I was in high school. And so first freshman orientation, I was looking for the grace table and I met uh, Nathan Wise. He was the first person mm. I met from grace. <laughs> um, and so I remembered him. And then whenever semester started, I was here the first Sunday um, and then just got plugged in immediately to community group. And I mean, grace was the only church I visited and I came once and that was it. And I'm still here. That's tremendous. You are, uh, uh, you, you ran cross country through your time here at SFA, right? Yes, sir. Tell us about what that was like bouncing that, aiming to, to figure out how to be faithful to, uh, your classes and faithful to, uh, all the different responsibilities that you had serving here at the church, but also uh, as a runner and having that credibility there. Mm. Yeah. So I ran cross country and track for four years here at SFA, um, which was an absolute blast. Um, it was I really enjoyed it for the season that it was in my life. Um, it definitely took up a lot of time just with just practically practice and just literally spending hours running, doing one single motion um, at different speeds, though, with the team, with my teammates. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. I think I had the benefit of one being able to enjoy that, allowing that to give me structure and then also kind of just physical exercise for um, just stress relief. But there definitely was times, I think, in my college career, just in the four years that I did it or that I served here at Grace or also working at the bank that there was definitely times and seasons where um, it was a lot or it was overwhelming. Um, but I think that was such a gift from the Lord to just see really just my weakness and how I have strong physical limitations and having to lean on him um, essentially daily. Um, but I think out of from running cross country for four years and just building relationships on the team. Um, I think one, it was just God used it to one mold my character, um, build relationships. That's how I met Parker. Um, that's when we first met. Um, and that's how we further strengthened our relationship. It was through cross country. Also, I met my fiance. Elizabeth Dara. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we met that first semester, but it wasn't until the second semester till things picked up, mm -hmm. but we would have never thought, but that's how I met her. Um, so just beautiful things came out of being able to run. Um, and I think it was for the better having a lot on my plate kind of forced me and put me in a position to really have to mature faster and just 
try my best to be take an initiative just on my scheduling and all the things that were going on. One of the components, I think, as you transition into, uh, I mean, you're a young adult, but transitioning out of college life can bring its own set of challenges. What are some things that you found in these first, uh, I'd say, first semester, right? You graduated in May. So what are some yeah. things that you've learned in this kind of next season that you're, uh, that you're walking into? Hmm. It's definitely a brand new and strange season. I mean, SFA just started this week and not walking on campus or going to classes it's just, it's just strange. It's, it's sweet also though. Um, but with a new season post-college, I mean, life looks relatively the same in terms of um, getting to serve here at Grace, um, serving a little more in a different context with the residency, still working at the bank. And I mean, now my studies are pursuing a master's of divinity through Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, and so I think I'm learning just recently, I kind of just I think start to see, I feel like there's even more of a crunch than I felt in the past, um, just with one taking care of studies, taking care of work um, at the bank, just ministry here at Grace, uh, my involvement as a member, um, and just, you know, in this engagement season with Elizabeth. Um, so I think I think I can look back on these past four years, and especially the last few years being as full as they were, I think really have equipped me and helped me maybe early on to kind of get just a, I guess just a sliver of what it's like just doing life in ministry um, and seeking to be faithful in many different responsibilities um, rather than trying to balance everything, just trying to be faithful because um, the reality is not everything requires my heart or my attention or faithfulness in the same way every single day. Mm. Um, so I think, I feel like a lot of the principles I've learned these past four years, I'm really going to be able to start to practice them now. That's so good. Can you give us some insight of what it's like to serve uh, with Pastor John? I know your primary focus is with kids ministry right now. Uh, what that's been like and, and some of the kind of the larger philosophy uh, that you've learned from uh, for our kids ministry that we try to mm. apply. Well, it's definitely, it's such an awesome, just sweet, fun just blast being able to work with uh, with John and then Parker, who's the other intern. Um, this will be my second year serving specifically in kids ministry, but this year as a um, resident. And I think it's been so cool. I was before I stepped into serving in this context. Um, I was really excited because um, just in the process leading up to it, um, John and I had met and just prayed through just the potential of doing it. Um, and I really felt like this was one the lord leading me to serve in this context but also i felt that this was one just a, a ministry area that i had not yet served in really or got an experience but i also could had learned that you know the kids be it pre-k or kids ministry it's a very vital part of our church because um, this is the next generation and i think i've been able to see as i've spent time with families or other couples with kids or with Nick and Shelby and their twins, just to see how children really do soak up everything. Mm -hmm. um, and literally anything we say or do matters. And I think that has really stuck to my heart. Um, I guess like the term just like catechesis, like pops to my mind of like, that's kind of what happens in pre-K and we kind of carry that over into kids ministry. And 
um, trying to help them understand the narrative of Scripture, um, really who Christ is, the work of Christ throughout the entire narrative of Scripture, but in a way for them to be able to know it, to be familiar with it, and then to kind of really think for the first time maybe, um, what does this mean for me? Because um, these kids in this um, kind of generation or within elementary school had the opportunity. Um, this is really where some of them come to faith. Um, so I think the sweet part of our context in kids ministry is that we get to, we want to make it fun and safe, but with the whole goal of making Christ known, making much of Christ before these kids. And mm-hmm. so that's just such an awesome opportunity. Um, I just love being able to work with John, just being able to plan out things, plan out curriculum, how we can best serve our college leaders, even our families Mm -hmm. and our kids. Those are kind of our three just main points um, of focus just as we kind of work in ministry. Yeah. So you said, let's go a little bit more in depth into those three parts of uh, parents, kids, and leaders, right? Those three areas. And you said earlier, here's a question. What is catechesis? You said it earlier. I almost asked those. Oh man, a formal definition. Uh, Well, I guess in my mind, um, to catechize or catechesis is, I guess to kind of implant or enforce just kind of question and response in mm-hmm. a child or, or, or in us, because that's not just for children, um, just like who is God? Or my personal favorite is what is man's chief and highest end is to mm-hmm. glorify God and join forever. Um, and just carrying that over into really just all of scripture. Um, so some that we have in kids ministry is why did God create everything for his glory? Um what is what does sin do? It separates us from God and each other. Um, and really, when we talk about separation from God, that's just that there's so many levels to that. Um, but that's just an example of just some of the ways that we do that and help the kids really remember just key portions of Scripture and then how it's all connected and, and about Christ. Yeah, you said it like that. You know, it's muscle memory. You start running, you start lifting weights, you get muscle memory. It's muscle memory for your brain. It's trying mm-hmm. to create a reflex. Yeah. Uh, it's not just for children, of course, but for all of us that we instinctively mm. develop this reflex of the kindness of God, yeah. the goodness of God that steadies us when mm. uh, we perhaps might drift later on in life. So even if uh, we certainly hope that's not the case, but uh, if many churches, I think it's something like 75 or something like that percent of those that grew up in church, that, that go off to school, they uh, they get disconnected from a local church. Well, if you've ingrained in them sound theology and and the love of the Lord and those behaviors, but but those answers aren't just going to go away when they disconnect themselves. And so mm. we pray that that's a part of what the Lord will use to tether them Absolutely. and to bring them back around to fellowship. Mm-hmm. One of the components, as you said, parents and leaders and kids, I think a mistake that a lot that can happen in, in age-specific ministries is mm. we can only focus on the child, the teenager, the elementary age, the preschooler. Uh, and one thing that I've been so impressed with uh, since coming here and seeing so many of these things already established from that interim period uh, was such a great high quality uh, and excellence in making sure that our kids understood what they're doing. And we don't do, this isn't, our, our programming is not child care. There's intentionality behind mm. it. Uh, child Children are cared for. Uh, but there, <laughs> yes. there is a goal. There's a discipleship component. There's a goal to get them to grasp, to fall in love with Christ and to understand scripture yes. in a sound way. I mean, one of the ways that we bless those kids in a greater, longer-term way is by blessing their parents, by seeing their parents come to be mm-hmm. discipled and involved with groups and serving and, and uh, uh, all these different components. That's how we're able to help long-term 
bless those parents. So I know that, that you and John and uh, and you're learning that have a have an emphasis on pursuing parents, uh, and that's that's going to strengthen those the the marriage that those kids are able to see, or if it's a single parent, able to fortify them and make sure they're in a, a healthy uh, our our church community uh, mm-hmm. to make sure they're able to be helped to be tethered by people that love the Lord. And so those, all those things come that that a lot of our people don't actually understand that college students. What percentage of our leaders are college students on the Wednesday and Sunday night programming that'll start up mid-September? Wednesday and Sunday night programming, it's essentially all college leaders. Sunday morning is whenever we have some adults, um, and it's probably 60% college students Sunday mornings. But as far as the night programming, it's, I mean, it's all college students. Mm-hmm. And so we see fruit from this of our college students growing and serving. And even though a lot of those students will only be here for, you know, a year or two or, or some like yourself, uh, several years. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're able to see a fruit from that, that ripples out the life of our church that a lot of people can't quite see and perceive. So that siloed impact of somebody that comes in a Sunday morning or they think, okay, well, there's cross point ministry. There's college students. They only focus to college students. Our goal is to de-silo those ministries. Mm. And you get to see that. A lot of people, I just want to make sure our people understand that of, it's these college students that are pouring their lives out. They're giving these. These are busy students, and so they're but they're coming and they're giving their time, their energy, they're learning, they're being discipled themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's an opportunity if you want to bless those students to provide meals for them on Wednesday and Sunday night. We always need oh, yeah. people. We always need groups. Grab yourself a couple other members and say, hey, let's provide some meals. Let's knock it out. You can sign up online. I think Lori Pesto has done a great job providing some uh, some structure to that as well. You can contact her or just sign up right online and, and fill in one of those spots. It's a chance to come. Not only do you get to feed them, but you get to, you get to pray for them. You get to uh, you know, uh, just engage with them a little bit and, and, and encourage them in their studies. I promise you, uh, you and we as, as older members have a chance to bless these students, adopt a Jack, you know, all these things kind of come full circles, ways to see these students. I'd love to know the percentage of those that are in adopt a Jack that end up actually serving the life of our church. It's probably mm-hmm. a pretty high percentage compared to a normal college student. You know, they're able to get a larger picture to see. And those college students understanding when I serve that kid, that third grader, I'm also blessing this family. I'm allowing them to go yes. to small group, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm reinforcing things that they're being taught at home. Uh, we hope they're being taught at home, and that's a that's a beautiful thing. That, that's we get a larger picture of what what the Lord is doing and how we're able to see ministries intertwined together. That's a really cool scene. Yeah, I'm going to turn the turn the the thing here a little bit. Um, Brent, could you tell us about staff meeting? Yes. You know, you're partially responsible for this and there'll be, I'm sure a collective groan, perhaps cheers. I'm, my dream is that there's just cheers when they, people see the sermon title this Sunday. Well, it's called the staff meeting. Of course, we're now in Exodus oh, yeah. chapter seven. We'll be going through seven thirteen this Sunday. And it's a scene where Aaron throws down his staff and it, it gobbles up the staffs of the sorcerers, of Pharaoh and so I've, I've entitled it. My kids love that story, <laughs> by the way. I love it. You know, I remember, I don't know that Charleston Heston movie, but in my mind, it sure, <laughs> it sure seemed like I, it was, was it Charleston Heston's character that throws his staff down and eats the snakes? Know. I don't know. It's all these things are blending in my brain here. But uh, so it's Aaron's staff that's thrown down. He poses as, as, uh, uh, as uh, the Pharaoh. He poses as the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord, interestingly, in this scene, as we see it fold out from chapter seven, verse one and two, uh, Moses is made as the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so everything kind of levels down in its setting and it communicates to us 
that the Lord really is above the battle. He is not threatened in this. And so it scales down. It's not really the Lord versus, uh, versus Pharaoh. The Lord gives and empowers uh, Moses to play the role of the Lord. And then the prophet of the Lord, or Moses in this scene, is going to be his brother Aaron. Uh, and and this, so we see this scaled conflict that takes place. And yet the Lord is above it all. He's sovereign. Everything unfolds just as the Lord said it would take place. So there's a real steadying, comforting component that we're going to see in this scene play out this Sunday mm. that, that all of us mm. uh, are going to be encouraged in and reminded in. And what's really interesting is after we had the genealogy last week, they give us... Uh, you know when you watch a show and it's like a next season and you can click on like the two-minute recap of the oh, previous yeah. season? Yeah. That's what Moses gives us in the first several verses. He gives us a, here's a recap of what's happened thus far. And of course, we we can read and we have the scriptures in front of us that we can read at any time. But those that would be hearing this, um, many could read, but there'd also be many more that would be listening to it. So you think of after reading the genealogy, and I encourage our people to do that this week. Read the genealogy and then mm. read this because you're kind of like, where, where, what was going on again? <laughs> and Moses, uh, like a great writer in the kindness of the Lord, we get this recap of what's mm. happened thus far. So we're going to get a recap and then we're going to see this first clash of the Titans take place. Incredibly encouraging text in this staff meeting scene. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Pedro, thank you so much for uh, being here with us today and sharing. We're Absolutely. we're excited to, to have Absolutely. you and see how the Lord has grown you and um, and used you here in the in the life of our church, um, and and are certainly praying for you as a church. We we want to you know commit to pray for our interns, mm-hmm. commit to pray for uh, Pedro and the rest of our staff and our elders. Uh, church, if you would partner with us in that, uh, we we do believe that uh, our Lord is almighty and powerful and hears our prayers. And so we do want to be lifting up those that are burdened, those that are in leadership uh, and more and beyond. Um, and so Pedro, we're, we're praying for you and we're thankful for yeah. you. Thank you. And you're getting married when? January 7th. Hey. That's close. That is close. <laughs> so we're excited for that as well. We'll be praying for you and Liz as you guys approach that. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, certainly excited for that. So church, we love you and we look forward to gathering with you again this Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely.